With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I'd like to share an interview with you that happened between myself and Doc Mack. Doc Mack is a trained native tracker, now lives in Ireland. He is a Metish native Canadian and he's been doing a number of investigations on the north east coast um, of Ireland and he kindly sat down and explained them to me and I recorded the conversation and he was happy with me to share it. I realised at that point he had such a knowledge of cryptids and natural creatures in the UK that we wouldn't be able to cover everything in a short interview so I will be sitting down again with Dot Mark and we'll be recording a number of interviews that cover all of the subjects. Tonight as I say, it's an introduction and I hope you enjoy it. So, as I said, we're here today with Doc Mack. I'm very grateful that you uh, joined me. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to uh, to talk with you face to face in person. And although we're only doing the audio today, it's uh, it's great to finally have a chat. Yes, it is. I mean, I know I'm a hard person to pin down and you're very, very busy. And you do an awful lot for research. Um, you're very scientific based, so I I like that. I, I enjoy that, and I think a lot of the listeners will because there are lots of people out there who say, "Deb, we need to be looking at the evidence files." So, if you don't mind, would you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, introduce yourself to the viewers. Well, my background is well. I I work at one of the universities here in Belfast, um, and I I teach all kinds of stuff here, but my my background, the way I was brought up, I was my, I'm what's called a Métis, which is a mixture of um, white and native North American, as they would call it in Canada, the um, uh, the First Nations people. Um, my dad's family are from a background called the Cree, a tribe called the Cree, Tanse, uh, to any listeners out there. And we, um, um, but my mother is originally from the UK. And so, but having been sort of raised as a child, since a childhood, where my, my father would take me out, he would take me outside, we'd spend a lot of time out doing things like fishing. And he taught me kind of how, how to track and how to um, just kind of read and hear what's going on in the environment around. So I've always loved doing this. And as I got older, bearing in mind I'm in my 40s now, um, I spent a lot of time in different parts of the world, lived in different countries, you know, 
every continent apart from South America and Australasia. And, you know, I, I'm fascinated in the wildlife, the plants, the animals, and I spent a lot of time tracking as well when I could. So, um, yeah, and and also because I work with people and I work in humanities, uh, which is like the social elements of science, then I am always interested in stories, the stories people have, their folk stories, the discussions, and whether that's in Central Africa or the Northeast tribal areas of India or back with the sort of family area in Canada, Western Canada, where Alberta, the Great Plains, out towards British Columbia, Northwest Territories, these areas, and out in the forest. And I've always loved that affinity. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've tracked um, large creatures, cats in, in the Canadian Rockies, uh, in, in India, and I've only ever seen a large cat on one occasion. And it wasn't when I was tracking. Uh, it was just pure coincidence because they're almost impossible to see mm -hmm. in the wild. And uh, it was a leopard ran across the road up near in a, a hill station called Darjeeling, which is famous for its tea, mm -hmm. and um, in the middle of the night. So uh, I always find these things fascinating. And here, since moving to rural Northern Ireland, County Antrim, I've heard lots of stories from people, the farmers who live around me, of these people seeing these big cats out in the um, out in the woods. Now, when I was at university, I I was in Brighton for some of that, and my friend of mine said that she was up in the uh, up, uh, near a village called Falmer, yes. uh, up in the um, in Sussex in the Sussex. Downs, yeah. which having spent a lot of time in the Downs, I think they should be called the Ups because you spend much more time going up and then you do down. And she said this creature went past her, this black creature. Now she's now a psychologist. She was a doctor in those days and it just walked straight past her growling. And she said her thoughts were, it was a freaky looking Labrador with a long tail, black creature growling at her scared the life out of her and she did the one thing that you never do which is run yeah. and it walked past her two meters from her and growling and i'd found a sheep kill about a mile from there about a month before and that got me really thinking that could there be something out there and i've met people who've told me stories about losing dogs yes. and their dogs acting very strange in the woods and that could be all number of things. But when we had those, in, well, she told me about this encounter, it made me think there's a strong possibility. So yes. with so many reports here of strange things taking place, yes, and so many people seeing these black cats, I thought it's an interesting project. Um, I'm already out taking my children, tracking the pine martins, we report them, we tell the forest service, and nobody knows they're there. And, um, that kind of thing. But then I had to think, then one day we did actually, uh, I started this project and I thought systematically, we're going to look at this systematically as possible. I'm going to record and document it. Yeah. And um, although it's not being written up scientifically, um, I'm very interested to see if I can put my skills to the test yeah. to actually find something out here. So that's it really.
I think you have a unique background. Um, so you, you understand tracking, you understand the wild. And you've been in some of the wildest places in the world. So it makes complete sense to me that you would be able to tune into, track an animal within the woods. We need to know what deer are moving through, don't we? What the, the health mm. population's like in those deer and in the wild boar. And somebody's used to being in that outside has those skills anyway. Like you said, you're working on your skill set. So mm. uh, to me, that that's invaluable. That I know that there are people out there who are documenting evidence, but we don't actually have um, anywhere official in the UK that would do a DNA test um, or would test on hair or scat or anything like that. And I find that a shame because For those sure. things are out there and people send them to me often. Um, and... I've seen kills, like yourself, that are definitely big cat kills. You get used to seeing domestic dogs on farms yeah. and the mess that they make. Yeah. These kills are very different, uh, very from the front. I've even seen some that I would suggest was a female cat because female cats have those claws on the back feet as well. Mm. You'll find kill where there are claws on the front hanks and also on the back, and I think that's a big female cat taking down a predator you know which is yeah. which is frightening and as your friend said it walked past her in the uk they don't have, seem to have the fear of humans that they do in other parts of the world and that's worrying that now that's very interesting that's very interesting you say it's taking down a predator did, did uh, no say? sorry that that's a slip of my tongue oh, i didn't mean I to say that I, I meant that it was being a predator that's that's me no it took down prey so sheep yeah. deer um and and unfortunately household pets cats yes. things like that will go missing mm. in areas where there are one farmer here had 15 sheep taken in one season wow that's mm. that's that's what yes you see at the end of the day i mean there's all kinds of reasons there could be but really um there is it does make it very a very interesting subject to start looking mm. at doesn't it yeah so and particularly i mean approaching it then with an academic mindset as well, it gives me a, a degree of being able to say, well, I've got to be critical, I've got to be skeptical, but it's certainly very intriguing. So, yeah, but remind me, it reminds me, because when you, I thought you said predator, taking down another predator, it reminds me of a story I heard just today. Yeah, so mm. I'll share those a little bit later. Oh, that sounds brilliant. I'm glad you're gonna share it. Leftovers. Or Ch -ch 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A story or two with me. Um, cat reports, honestly, I must take at least one a week. So yep. for all our government says there are, they're, they're not out there. They're, they very clearly are because um, some really genuine witnesses are seeing them, you know, upstanding witnesses <laughs> whose evidence would be good enough in court is not yep. good enough when they say, the description that your friend used was very interesting to me because a lot of people will use that. It was like a black Labrador. It was the size of a black Labrador. It had a really long mm. tail. And you yeah. also said that you don't see cats in the wild because their camouflage is, yeah. is for a reason. It's to keep them hidden. And I wonder if the difference in the balance between the amount of black cats that are reported and, and the beigey kind of lion colour is it simply that black cats are easier to spot in the wild? You know, it's, is it just that? Is it just a statistic? It could be. And it could, the other reason is, I think it could depend on the species. Now I've, you know, I've got a theory that it could be one of three species or there could be three species out here. It could be all kinds. I hear since doing this study, I've started reading things like jungle cats have been run over and things like that. And, you know, spotted in the back of, uh, you know, London um, roof and stuff like that, videoed and stuff. But to be honest with you, um, if it's a mountain lion, if it's a black cat, it's a leopard. Yeah. yeah. It's unlikely to be a jaguar because I don't think jaguars would really get on so well as leopards would. You know, they're found in all kinds of environments. Mm. But the jaguar is, I see as more tropically minded. Uh, but then the... Then there's what we call in Korea, we call it a pisio, but a pisio is like a, it's a lynx, yeah? Right. And a, a, so lynx is, Canadian lynx is smaller than Eurasian lynx, but they are incredibly hard to see. Mm. Um, they are the ghost of the forest. So I'll tell you like shortly about a story I heard from somebody who works with lynx, is in a wildlife park near here. Mm. And uh, she works with lynxes and she's only seen it once. You know, she's got them in there in the zoo, Wild Island. And, you know, she said, and she actually told me if there was, there was, could be links here and we would never know. And uh -huh. it does beg the question, have they, have lynxes continued to survive? Have they just never gone extinct? That's a possibility. We have the, the Scottish lynx as well, don't we? The Scottish wildcat. Well, yeah, um, this is and, a larger creature, do you know? Yeah, and I was going to say, there's a very big difference in size, isn't there? So it's not yeah. people mixing it up with it, you know, oh, it's probably a Scottish wildcat. Well, no, it's not. There's a very big difference um, in size. Yeah. Quite yeah. muscular cats. I don't think, unless you're an actual cat owner, I don't yeah. think you realise when a cat's in its prime, it is just mm. sheer muscle. Yeah. And, you know, everything about it is built to hunt, catch, kill, sleep. Yeah mate i should say uh, add that in and that that's typical for a cat so if people in the zoo can't see them in the exhibit you know what what chance does deborah hats will have walking the dog in the woodlands you know they, they, we, so many reports where people say the dog just suddenly reacted the dog didn't want to go that way to the point yeah. i've actually heard from people whose dogs have turned and met them not in a mean way it, almost as if you you put me in danger yeah you know, 
yeah, a dog's behaviour is something that we should all clue into. Because if they're scared of something that, that yeah. we cannot see, they yeah. are seeing it, hearing it, smelling it, because their senses are far more attuned than ours. That's right. That's right. And this, um, so it could be if you're seeing tan cats that you're seeing them pumas, mountain lions, mm. and you never see them. I mean, the chances of you seeing one of these creatures is incredibly rare. Yeah. I mean, I've seen their tracks in Canada, but the chance, you know, never see them. You just never see them, you know? Um, and if you think there's eight and a half thousand um, in Alberta, which is about right. the size of Britain and Ireland, mm -hmm. no one sees these things. You know, you pick them yeah. up on the trail cam, but nobody ever sees them. Mm -hmm. So really, you've got to track them to pick them up on the trail cam if you're deliberately tracking them. But it's easier to do that because of snow, you know? Ah, yeah, yeah. And the terrain, you know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can track them in winter really easily, but in the summer. But then the other thing, and this leads into my sort of my approach, is yeah. my dad always said to me, like, everything... Humans, in, sorry, Western people are, treat, are trained to think in linear logic. A plus B equals C. Yes. And humans go to, to where they're going and then they come back again. They go in lines. And animals don't. Nature doesn't really work like that. No, it doesn't. And it works in circles. Everything works in a circle. So what he would say is that, you know, whether it's the planets, the atoms, or even the systems of the human body, everything works in a cycle. And he said that animals go have territories. And actually, some of my videos are about like establishing the tr one of them is about establishing the territory patterns, how regularly the jays come around to this spot, this same area. You know, one of my little videos are not hugely interested in, in not interesting for big cat people, but it's um, it was just a little activity. And you see that they come around in circles and they visit their territory. Now, a, a male lynx is going to have a 200 mm. square kilometer territory, 200, you know, at least. And he's going to go around in circles and he's going to take three to six months to do that. Ah. You see what I mean? Yeah, I didn't know that. So what, and because, and he'll keep the deer moving in each area and move on. Mm. Yeah. And the females will there'll be two, two or three females with the territories within that area and overlapping and outside mm. a little bit. What tends to happen is, and I've noticed time and time again, something happens and then people flock to where it happened, yeah. where it's spotted. And what you've got to start doing, my, this is almost in my dad's voice, you'd have to be thinking, where is it moving to next? Yes. Where has it come from and where is it going? That's right. So... Otherwise, it's like going to the a bank, robbed bank, expecting to, the robbers to come back. You know? I could applaud you, Doc. Yeah. I could applaud you for that. Yeah. You see what I mean? <laughs> um, so that's why people say, oh, I recently saw a, a big cat in this area. And I said, mm. which direction was it going? Mm. It, was it going uphill? Okay. Is it going north? Oh, I don't know. It's just going uphill. Right, okay. So that, that then got me looking into another section of forest. Now, yeah. really... Do you see what I mean? So my yeah. idea is they're going to be going into cover. That's right. So if they're going around, where are the areas of the forests where they're going to be going through? Where are those ch little choke points? That yeah, they... exactly that, yeah. Yeah. So where one forest is half a mile 
um, from the next. And those little pointy bits that stick out towards each other, that's where I'm looking. I get you. Yeah. 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 Choke point. Yeah. yeah. And what I've gone, and I've gone into these choke points, and I've found what I would see as very strong evidence of some predator in the area. Right. Makes sense. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? So, in some of my videos, I think it's videos three and video, video. there's a series one. One is like the introduction. Series mm. two is one section of forest. Three is another. Four is another. Um, like that. It's the same forest coming back to for, for video three A, B, C, and D. So, but three months apart with cameras down with baiting, always bait camera. Always right. bait. And because it would just in, make things interested, they will come and check it out even if they don't want to eat it. Yes. Uh, something new in their territory. So, what in one area, as I go around, about 20 feet from the edge of the wood, along what you call the game trail. The game trail follows the edge of the wood. It goes all the way around. Mm -hmm. And it will. every woodland will have this. It's made by deer and foxes, yes. rabbits will use it. And they will use it to go. And then at dusk and dawn, they will go out and feed. Now, predators hunt on those game trails. Yes. And they will wait at dawn and dusk, and they will dash out, grab something, and take it back within cover. And it's a strong sign that it's being killed by a predator if it's within that 20 feet of the edge of the woods. Mm -hmm. And as I went through this wood, the, the um, hair's going out on my arms now. And as I went through the edge of the wood, it was, it was like a battlefield. Dead sheep everywhere. And um, I, I must say, I mean... I've stopped counting how many. Yeah. Um, I've got to get my camera out there. I mean, at the moment, I'm so busy, I can't get out there. I was supposed to be out there in early November. Still haven't been able to get out there. Yeah. Put a camera in because I think whatever's there is going through in the wintertime. Makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And because last time, <laughs> last spring, when I went back out there, because um, it's hard to get to with my little car up on the, it's up in the, in the glens of Antrim. Right. 700 square kilometers of um, of forest and very uh what's it called heathland yes yeah. beautiful common moorland yeah. it's absolutely beautiful yeah and that's what we've got there and as i go into the so now one day i went in there though and i got this very strange feeling i didn't have my stick you know i usually have a little opinel knife in my back pocket and a stick and a hat because, um, um, you know, that would be kind of what a lot of my family would say, that's what you kind of need, you don't need a shotgun. Yeah. Um, but the, um, as I go, go in there one day, and I'm recording, I get this sudden, very, very strong, uneasy feeling. Hmm. And it's like, well, this isn't, there's something not right here. And my instinct is obey that instinct don't panic just keep um make a lot of noise start uh, talking more loudly talk to yourself talk to your phone phone somebody up if you can and um back away from the area and as i did i looked up this trail and i could see these strange 
branches, like small trees twisted round over the trail. And later, when I went back in, in this March, that area was covered in jaw bones and things like that. Very, very strange of, of lots of little sheep and deer, you know? I also found another weird thing. And that what's happened is more and more of these uh, twigs or, yes. uh, sorry, like twigs balanced on the, tr the branches of a tree um, and things like that. Very weird things. Crazy, crazy things with the trees. So it got, and that's the kind of thing that I've been finding. Right. I've also, um, and I've taken people there. I took a veterinary nurse in one of the videos, and it's a very short video because she, we found, she'd spotted these weird tree things as well. She was mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is a feeding site. And she was like, because she used to work with big cats in Cambridge. Yeah. And she said, uh, there was some big cat rescue centre, I think it was. And she said, yeah, it looks like there's tooth marks in some of these. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I don't feel... Leftovers? Or... The DMV? Number 97. Or... House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Something is not right. And she, she said, I want to leave now. And in the video, I've kind of recorded the conversation and that kind of thing. She just... And, and I don't know... You know, my dad was also an architect, and he used to say one of the, the things, like, often people go into a room and it feels very creepy, and they find out it's the infrasound from the old um, yeah. air conditioning units, stuff like that, and they turn it off, and suddenly the feeling disappears. Nobody ever feels it again. Uh, they replace the air conditioning. But then, but, and I thought to myself, maybe it's something like one of these big wind turbines, but there's not one nearby, and it happens so regularly there. Um, I took a physicist along, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you take a physicist and a mathematician along. Because yes. This person is going to be like, you know what I mean? It's all logic. And yeah. And she said, this, um, this feel, it feels almost like a magical place. That's how she described it. And we actually saw the tree, a tree further down moving and something moving around us. And, and you could hear the birds Listen for the bird language. What are the birds saying? The yes. birds are bolting as it goes through, whatever it is going through the wood. Yeah, so I don't know what this was, and I didn't get it on camera, yeah. uh, but I did find very, very strong, high possibility that, of cat prints there as well. Right. Um, so it could be a big cat that was in that tree, and, um, and it's producing infrasound, because I know tigers... Um, lions and things like that can, and leopards can produce it listen i've been sent and um obviously over like the past 20 years or so i've been sent a number of kills that have been yeah. either 
found hidden within the grass, in the yeah. you know, in the shade at the bottom of yeah. a tree, or actually up within the tree itself, oh, which is incredibly yeah. powerful, isn't it? If something's yeah. pulling a deer up a tree, um, yeah. then that is a very powerful animal. And yeah. there's a lot of um, study gone into that feeling that you get where you suddenly think, am I being, the atmosphere yeah. has changed or the feeling has changed. And at the end of this very long study, they decided that if you got it, then there was something was watching you. Um, and you, that was your, your animal brain, your prehistoric brain, picking up on those signals that there is something in the yeah. area that is scoping me out, watching me kind of thing. The, the mm. twisted branches interest me because that's strange for a cat to be doing that. Yeah, that's got to be human activity of mm. some form. And it's funny, like some of my videos, if you watch some of them, one of them, it, it was like in that area, um, I would... I find a lot of these funny things that I thought to myself, if I wanted to fake, you know, we've got something in Canada, yes. we, in Korea, we call it which the white Canadians call Sasquatch, you yeah. know? And if you wanted to fake a Sasquatch, these pictures are just amazing at fake things. And one of them looks like Chewbacca, if you yes. know, stones. and it just looked like you, I'd walk around the corner and it was about a mile from the road and, and there's this Chewbacca-like thing standing there. But it's not, it's all these tree stumps. But then there, I did have one very strange occurrence. This is years ago before I started this. And I saw these these people and they were, they looked very, very strange. And they, when I, I, I could, was actually tracking like the animal bones. And um, this, um, I mean, they had to be like people like wearing, but they must have been really bunched up or something. They were sitting on the ground. And when I finally got round to them, because I couldn't get to them, there was this, um, they, they had been gnawing on a bone. Ah. Yeah. And it was just really creeped me out. Unfortunately, my old camera couldn't really take, I couldn't really make much through the mist, really. And, um, you know, my mum better not hear I'm doing this stuff because she, well, you know, you know, she was just, she was born in uh she was born in uh, Westminster, you know. <laughs> so um um what stood out to you about them, Doc? They just looked weird. They were like hunched and big and their body proportions looked strange. But and they were just sitting there and I got four or five lip photographs of them. Well I got about ten trying to nice. take photographs because the videos just weren't picking they were just picking up the mist. So yeah. and but only about four of the pictures you could actually kind of make anything out, but so you there are must be people, and I sometimes find things like buried in the ground like big containers full of things like coffee, and um, yeah caches, mm. caches of things yeah, yeah. coffee and sugar and, and that kind of stuff dried milk and but one of them was been there so long a tree had grown around it its root and it, you could just twist the top off looked inside so um there must be people living but i mean this was something very strange so it does make me think maybe um that, that there's some sort of human activity there's one new area i found a lot of very strange trees and right. i took i took up our physicist there as well um uh, and we there was a lot of tree structures as you know, as I b believe people call them, and because we've been looking into this a little bit since, and a lot of the family back home would say, you know, it's you know maybe would say Sasquatch, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, here, 
um, I have to try and look for what's the prob most probable probable thing. Yes. And that leads me on to today's, one of today's stories. I was in Balimina in a outdoor sports store and I was talking to these guys. My, my youngest daughter was interested in buying a um, fishing rod. Mm -hmm. you know, fishing rod, you know what I mean? My dad would turn in his grave. And, um, but we, so we went in there and, and I started talking to him and I was asking him about, because they had all these big knives. And I said, look, I just take an op in our life and that kind of stuff. And I said, but this is my concern. Have you heard anything about these cats? And he's, and then we got talking. And this guy said to me, he was down in a place called Loch Urn or Loch Urn. He said that there was this woman that there's reports out and they, they're on a boat and there's reports out because it's very wild, right? This area mm -hmm. and, he, and remote County Fermanagh. And really, and he said there was reports of screaming, a woman screaming in the woods. So they yeah. took out their boat and they went along and they said there was two of the guys got up and went up the hill and he said, it's a goat. People, There's people up there slaughtering a goat. Oh. What I mean? But this is, this is almost like an old school thing that's, yeah, that's been continued maybe rather than a modern thing some sort of maybe right. magical practice or something and it did make me think maybe i'm actually going into an area where these tree signs and this these dead animals could be oh, something yeah. related to some sort of right yes yeah, some um, ritual right that's what yeah I yeah so that's my first thing at first i thought well it can't be it can't be farmers it can't be farmers just chucking yeah. it at sheep. It doesn't no. make sense. In they wouldn't state. get the insurance, yeah. If, if they get the head or the ear tag, they get the insurance back on the animal. Well, that's it. I mean, why would you? The other thing is, um, so it's not farmers. It, so my first thing is it's either a predator, which the, or it's these, yeah. uh, or some sort of human interaction. Mm. The third thing that's come up, and a lot of people have, surprising amount of people contacted me about is this idea of it being some sort of as people would say like a wild man yeah that uh, sense? Yeah. yeah the british wild man yeah yeah it makes perfect sense to me i've done exactly what you've done i've just done it looking for that wild man yeah um, tracks any scar any anything bedded areas anything that i can look at and in a separate yeah. way for me so i had to then look into deer patterns and things like that. So I knew that I wasn't mixing up that evidence with what the deer were leaving behind. And 99% yeah. of what I find is normal, natural, weather-related, human-related or animals. But there is yeah. that very small amount of anomaly yeah. where you think, I cannot explain this. I can't, there's nothing I know in, in my background that can explain what I'm seeing or what yeah. I'm finding. And that's very interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, some of these things that I've seen, like some of the tree things would be difficult. One of them was so that I found even like uh, September with this mm -hmm. physicist. And this is now me starting to follow the reports of the cats out in the sparrows, which is it's two to three times bigger than the glens. So significantly big. And what we found there, right at that choke point at the bottom of this particular forest, mm -hmm that there were, um, it was like a, a whole tree, and you know, probably a meter across in diameter, had, yeah. had been had gone down, and then it had been pushed, pulled through some of the trees. 
and the branches were kind of bending back the other way so where they've been pulled through and it just okay it could have fallen quite possibly but to be dragged it's clearly been dragged and i thought that is some strength to do that and a human wouldn't take the effort i mean i don't think it, I, I couldn't do that yep. I'd take 10 20 people to, to do that mm -hmm. so um but one of the sites one of the first sites i went to is this how can i put it it's one of these little forests in between the two mountain ranges the two big forest ranges. yes yeah. because i if they're going if there's an animal going between the two then i'm looking where will it cross across the the, the valleys where which are populated so i found this one forest and it's again a lot of kills that's where i found two or uh, two sets of footprints at different times right, right. they're barefoot footprints mm -hmm. um and i the very first time i went there i wasn't looking for anything i was just interested and the i found uh, i actually found a, a dropping but it looked so human right big and it was full of berries or something like this it was like dyed purple and i remember going back and speaking to a friend and saying i cannot explain this yeah. i cannot explain that and but the weird thing is when i was going and there's a lot of dead predators there foxes and stuff ah. right? yeah so when i went through there i um i remember going through and there was a dead sparrowhawk in my um and i actually collected it as a specimen mm. um and it was there in just lying there fresh rigor mortis hadn't set in just in my path and i'd actually seen that sparrowhawk or one of its or its partner the mm. first time i went around there but this was an active investigation time now so i'm looking for the cat and um late about a few months later i got charged by something in that wood and um climbed a tree ripped the gusset out of my wranglers <laughs> climbing a tree and i went back like the next night with a uh, cameraman and we chased we something jumped into the water and uh, swam away from us you, so it's all there we kind of documented these but it was like it was that hawk really made me think and that's the kind of thing that the family again would say that's and again sometimes i, I find mm. hawk feathers in my path and things like that so you know do you mind telling me a little bit about what just happened then that experience then so so you're out did you see something yeah. jumping to the water and it was about midnight half past 12 at night i think it was mm. so he's got the camera and we're going with a single torch normally i would go out if, if i'm at night which don't tell my mother uh, <laughs> she <laughs> you know what i mean uh, I, i've got like a green a red and a white light torch oh and an infrared torch um and i would scan those and just you know because it's low light quality density you know when the old i remember like, sort of learning an army camp you put reduce your light your torches you put some tape over them yes, and make a pinprick of light yeah yeah that's right so we've got like a, um we've got like a camera and we need to just enough light to, to, to film and if we're going through and we're finding these kill sites and something ran and i the embarrassing thing is i had just stopped to use the bathroom because i thought the edge of the wood you don't it all behavior 
all behavior is communication yeah okay. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't go in the middle of the wood because it's not my home it's their home and so um and this and it ran and something r ran and the cameraman he said when i get back he's like something just ran jumped into the water he sounded it was like something something like a bucket being sucked out of the water like a like that kind of thing and um yeah so unfortunately i was having a wee uh at the time uh, you see what i mean it's always when i'm i'm um and then um if it works it works yeah but as i say it's like the night before i'd gone around the back i'd heard something the birds the jays and the magpies were harassing something so I went up uh to go downwind from it and tried to follow it through the wood mm -hmm. but then something came up behind me and i could hear like through the wood and it was almost like a mock charge but you can't see it because of the the branches it's a it's an un humans don't really go in that wood so a lot of it is look tight conifer branches all meshed together so unless you drop down shift to the ground squat right down and then you're vulnerable and i don't like doing that yeah yeah exactly so um mm. i'd rather make a lot of noise and then but it was enough to make me jump up into the tree to try and get a bit of advantage you know height advantage yeah and come you know uh so that's strange behavior isn't it for anything yeah. that we have naturally within our woodlands a yeah. fox is not gonna run at you you know that mm. everything i can think of now goes normally goes in the opposite direction especially yeah. in an area where these bits where humans can't go first port of call for any animal is got to go exactly where a human can't reach her or put a waterway between you and them. I've taken many reports where the people have said mm. of, of um, gorilla-looking things, chimp-looking things, wild people, um, Bigfoot, whatever name the witness has given, that it's yeah. behaviour that's important, That where they'll say that, and, it, and yeah. it crossed the stream really quickly, or it was on the other side of the stream from me and it was gesticulating. And that's, an, that's a, a typical way that you keep something between you and your anime you know so that you yeah. have um and the shock and awe that the charging here is shock and awe it removes you from the area incredibly fast <laughs> so it's well, effective well that's um, it and it did make me think actually like you were talking earlier like sometimes you see like people see more of the black the big black cats yeah. and rather than the tan ones but it does make me think well yeah okay they stick out more but also, like that cat walking past my friend near Brighton, Farmer Village, she said, uh, it's clearly demonstrating to her. It's making itself visible. And I would see that almost as a get out, get out. I am here, leave. This is my area. Because it's not attacking her. It's just walking past the growling, you know? Yeah, very confidently, with a confident yeah. stance. And that's exactly the message that it's conveying. Yeah, maybe cubs or something like that is what I thought. So, mm. uh, but it isn't, I mean, there is a, you know, people tell me, like, I hear all kinds of stuff, and we'll talk about this another time, but about how it, something couldn't exist. But I mean, I, I, you know, another time I'll go into like why I think these things th theoretically could exist. But yes. it does make me think, like, I do hear stories now. I mean, I've heard stories all over the world of people seeing stuff. I've heard people talking about um, 
Sasquatch, as we would say, and the Americans call them Bigfoot and that. But the um, you probably know more about this, way more about this than I do. But you know, if you think about the they're supposed to exist in the uh, Podata, which is it's mountain range, ridge of mountains that includes the Rocky Mountains. The Rockies are two thousand square kilometers, but there are only one section of it, and it goes all the way from Alaska all the way down to basically Panama. Right. Um, they are 8,000 kilometers long and up to 400 kilometers wide, that mountain range. And they're, you know, it's about the size of, probably the size of most of Europe. And it's, right. it's the people that live there full time would be people like loggers, um, yeah, trappers. Yeah, yeah, mineral workers, you know, digging for oil and and the the odd um still Indian guys still living out there, you know. Yeah. Um tribal fellows. So um and a lot of these people tend to believe in them. And they oh. you know what I mean? They, they say, Well, yeah, we see them, we hear them. Sometimes they throw things at us. And you think to yourself, you hear that kind of story out in places like uh, I don't know. Um, in the tiger yeah, or Siberia, it's yeah. just accepted that the wild people live. It, to them, they are the same as the any indigenous person to that area. They just mm. live differently and they kind of respect each other. And they don't, in Russia and across the Nordic regions, Scandinavia, Norway, yeah. Finland, they see him as a guardian or a good thing. So it's very yeah. lucky to see an Alma or Almasti or whatever name that they put mm. on. Where it's it's us Westerners who instantly go to fear and that's because we don't understand. Yeah. So if we were just looking for an unknown animal, if we're just gonna put him in just purely flesh and blood just for this uh, this little portion of the conversation, mm. we need to be looking for footprints bedding where right. would they sleep where would they go how do they breed you know do they migrate um do they go subterranean do they sleep within the trees we mm. as investigators need to answer those questions um or at least look at them with a very 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 scrutinous eye because yeah. that's what as a witness for me i felt i had to explain my experience with no mm. knowledge to give an explanation with. So I felt like my hands were tied and my mouth was covered. I'm, I'm a different person now, but I do understand that. And that still goes on out there. I yep. spoke to people in, um, where's it, Bear Lake. He lives up at uh, Bear Lake, which is British Columbia. Mm. And he saw a wild man, hairy man, Sasquatch, and a moose fighting. And nobody wanted yeah. to take his experience. He didn't want to hear it. He's indigenous. He's a bear guide. He was out there hunting. And he, what this man doesn't know about the wilderness is is mm. not worth knowing. And he was judged by people who've probably never gone out of the wilderness in their life. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. how can a man in, in East Texas who's sat in his living room judge and in and you know, a man who's indigenous to the area yeah. who knows how to hunt it, who has done that from his grandfather all the way down to his sons? Kind of, you yeah. know, it's accepted out there that these beings are out there, whether they be wild people, hominids, you know. We just don't know is the honest answer. We don't know what they are. So, like you, I we have to take the witness stories. 
but we also have to look for evidence. I mean, you found um, a stone pile as well. Is it like a cairn almost? It was it was a pile of little tower of stones. And those things are associated in terms of people make them up in the mountains. Mm. People associate them with the natives and the natives associate them with, with these other creatures. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I found that interesting. And that was in the same spot I found the, um, I found the, the same time I found that uh, bird, the hawk. Yes, right, the hawk, yeah. Yeah. But it, and that does make me think as well that, okay, now I've heard stories from different places. Like, if I just tell you some of these stories that I've heard. Yeah, yeah. So I've met a person in a place called, where are they? Meghalaya, uh, which is northeast India, the hill people. These are a tribe called the Karsis. And this person said he saw a, um, uh, I, I, what they call it, Yeti, yet, what would we say, Yeti? But yes. I don't know what their word was for it, but they, I mean, he said, and it would, like, looking back, and uh, it was behind a tree, and it was looking at him side to side, one side of the tree to the other, and that kind of thing. So I remember that story, and he was like a farmer. He said it was at the edge of the woods. And, um, that, that they, they <laughs> got friends there who said that they, uh, a tiger ate their cow, so they went and they went out and they killed and ate the tiger. You know, they they're not yeah, you see what I mean. So um and then a second story I've heard, because not just the ones in Canada where you know the some of the people I know or have met have been like, if you you, you question whether Sasquatch are real, they kind of like, do you believe in eagles and bears? Mm. Like trying to get their head around why you don't. It's a bit like somebody saying, I don't believe in bears. You know, you know what I mean? That, um, another story I heard was from Central Africa. It was on the Congolese border. It was, uh, I was strange enough, best man at a wedding in um, Rwanda, right on the border of Congo. And this, I was talking to people and, you know, um, bearing in mind this was, you know, they didn't, we had to communicate in French. You know, we speak a type of uh, mischief, which is mixture of French and the native language. Canada. And we, um, so I was talking to this girl and I was asking about pygmies. Do you like have pygmy peoples here? And she said, yes, there are two pygmy peoples. There's the ones who are the, the little ones and they're very badly treated, particularly in the area. And traditionally, they were a lot of people take them as slaves and, you know, these really unfortunate oh. his, colonial history of, of Congo and this kind of stuff. And the other one is the red haired one. I was like, and she said, my grandfather told me about them, and he yeah. said that they are like they're like a bit like chimpanzees, but they stand up, and they're covered in red hair, and yeah, uh, the, and that really made me think. You know what I mean? That, that really surprised me, and I was trying to get more about. But she she said like her grandfather told them. About yes, them. As, yeah, that's yeah. it. Passed down by mouth, isn't it? Yeah. But then. The inter and I'll come back to that in another another time, but because um, I know we've got other meetings planned. But mm -hmm. what I would, I have had one very very interesting story here, and it was a girl about a girl who um, this was probably when I hear about this back in February maybe. Mm -hmm. so I was talking to this girl and she's very into animals, yeah, and works with horses maybe or uh, this kind of thing. I can't quite remember. Yeah. And she was saying that she was on her way back to, um, I think from Belfast or somewhere, 
and mm -hmm. she was driving back home and she, this is very rural not too far from the mountains of Morn. yeah yeah so yeah. this is you know 20 miles north of the um republic border with the republic of ireland and she said this and she i actually i think i actually sent you a report about this and that's how we got talking right because yeah. i saw that something similar on from your information and um she said it was a pair of legs ran across the road i was like really okay tell me more she said it was big hairy legs and that's what it was she said they ran across the road stumped halfway went to go back and then decided to follow continue on the road they were going in and i thought really and she said they, they look like puppet legs from that they used to have in norway yeah I, I know exactly what she means yeah, yeah. and they and I said, just legs. There was nobody. And she said, no, she didn't see the body. And I said, why not? And she said, well, uh, and I, I said, how big were they? She said, they were something just threw across the room. Look at that. Oh. Know, you hear that? Yeah, I did. I think your ancestors have just joined us. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> don't like that story. Um, they, um, <laughs> my ancestors, black sheep, every one of them, you know. We're <laughs> not black sheep. They're the best. They're the Seriously. best kind. Yeah. Um, uh, so um my uh, and she said to me um and i said how big was this and she said probably six feet and i said mm -hmm. six feet so i said well that's the size of a man and she said yeah it was it was and i s then said to her well the beam your beams of your car light could they you just have only got half the creature and she said it must have been 10 feet tall yeah. That would be 10 feet tall of that. And she went again into this like sh little shock. You know, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but. She yeah, went, oh, realization. No. Yeah. And she, because she'd said that she'd struggled to sleep. That that was back in no, about a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, about a year ago, she was when the event happened. And she said she struggled to sleep. Um, and isn't that interesting, right? It so, is. And in context, I would like to add while we're talking. I actually know the area. You gave me a very detailed um, description of the area. And it is just above Clough. Um, and we have reports around that area. And I think that Loch Neagh is very important in Ireland because on the northeast coast of Ireland, most of the Bigfoot reports, creature reports, are either moving to or from Loch Neagh. Okay. And as you said at the very beginning, we don't go where there's been a sighting. What I normally suggest is to triangulate about three of them and work yeah. the area in between, starting A, with a river, because we all need water, and yeah. B, any animal trail that you can find. Put yourself between water and an animal trail, and eventually you will understand what's moving through there. And you mm. have to get used to the rhythms of that area. And I just found it really interesting that probably... More than 60% of the sightings in Ireland are around that Loch Neagh up in the northeast corner there. Interesting. Isn't that mm. interesting? It is. And, you know, to me, that would say, yeah, as you said, something's moving to and moving away from that area. So what's the resource? It could just simply be the water itself. But I highly doubt that, that that's the only resource there. Mm. Yeah. I, mm. I would like to look into what cave systems we have in that area. That's not something I've done yet. There are some up in the, uh, there are some up in the, both, both the mountain ranges, there are some, but they are not well documented. No, they're not, no. I mean, to, you know how in Britain there's things like the right to roam and freedom of access, the 
agricultural community have, do have a very strong role of the government and we have got a right of way going up past our house it's not mm -hmm. on my land it's um but i access it just to get as far as my house and past there it's all blocked off and mm -hmm. most of it's scrub scrub land it's and you if you were to do right away <laughs> right to roam here people would be coming out with shotguns you know yeah. so it's I, I hear these I, I hear lots and lots of black cat stories loads yeah. of them um I you know even today speaking to somebody at the that you know because people started talking with me at the um this uh, outdoor sports place and somebody was telling me they found they shot a fox at one o'clock in the morning that was mm -hmm. chickens or whatever and they came out to get it next morning and it had been stripped away half the animal had been taken and the rest of the other half was there it's not like nibbled by predators hardly no. anything yeah that was the story. Interested. hey you know right. that, that's not a jay or a raven that's done that that's something that's can or carry a an animal away you know that's right so somebody's broken it off and taking taking the bit that it's hungry for the strong there is a strong possibility oh i've got one other sighting which is actually my own of a <laughs> yeah, of a likely cat. The problem is now. Bearing in mind, I see all the kinds of stuff on the now. I've seen um, greater spotted woodpeckers who are not supposed to be here. Yes, yes. Um, and but I've got something of a recording of it because I've fallen it through the woods. Um, I failed to. There's nuthatch I've seen, which are not a type of bird, which are not supposed to be here either. They were not found in Ireland. And then I've also seen twice one very very clearly a um what they called uh harrier these Harry, great yeah, harriers. Yeah, yeah. and but they they call them sky dancers here was quite romantic i That's got partly a partly one in film from very long distance and it, it could be a seagull you know what i mean mm, and it just makes me think how hard it is to actually Yes. When something comes out in front of you, how hard it is to actually get on film. Yeah, how to, you know, why didn't you document it? Well, at the time, yes. I was looking at a black leopard, you know, it was, yeah. the, was the furthest thing from my mind, officer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, this I actually recorded, it, I actually reported it was about a year ago. No, it was last November. No, it was last December, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was dusk. And I, the thing is, I always drive, I, I work two or three jobs, right? I'm, and I, I do two or three different things and it means i often come back very late sometimes one o'clock yeah. in the morning and I, I drive through the i always like driving, driving the back ways and i like seeing the rabbits the hares lots of hares and we get a tracking down hares badgers foxes all kinds of stuff and hedgehog you know what i mean yeah and, but i and i like watching the wildlife but this was actually at dusk and last winter and late last fall and mm -hmm. And my daughter was in the car, yeah. And my daughter, uh, and she is she's she's the one who who a lot of, who put down the cameras. She tracks the pine martins. And if you yeah. watch some of the pine martins videos on my on my YouTube site, then a lot of them are done by her. So, but she was sitting next to me, and this animal ran across the front of the road, and it was black. It was about the size of a lassie dog. Yes, a color, yeah. Good color, yeah. Yeah, and it it was so it what stuck out was the way it moved. Right. It shot across the road. I was driving at the time, 
and it moved very low to the ground and really low to the ground. So, and its front arm legs went out in front of it and pulled it across the road. Yes. Now, I did not get a definitive sighting. It was too quick, too bad. Yes, it it yeah. flew across the road. Now, I thought to myself, is a black dog. I did ask, we well, came back after dropping my kids back at their mum's house, and I, I stopped and asked the local farmer who worked there, do you have a dog? No. And I said to him, like, I saw a black animal earlier run across the road. Oh, it's probably a badger. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Um, uh, <laughs> badger. You know, <laughs> you know, I see badgers all the time. But um, I, I got over my being mildly insulted. And then what happens next is this. Uh, oh, sorry. But at the time, I said, Jasmine, I need to use your eyes. Look yeah. right. Look right. And she said it moved like a cheetah across the field. Yeah. And that's her exact words. And I remember that. I've got very good memory for these things. Very, mm. And I remember saying to her, I need to use your eyes. Look right. And she said it moved like a cheetah across. It's moving like a cheetah across the field like that. And so it's not somebody's dog. Yeah. And, okay, the problem is she was eight years old at the time, or nearly nine. Mm. But it's still... I, she's not the sort of cute very observant dog. Yeah, well, she is. Observant. She can track the pine martins. Yeah. She's she's uh, she she's not an amateur at these things. Loves animals, knows a lot about them, and wants to, you know, be a zookeeper one day. She's so, interested in it, isn't she? She's interested yeah. in that subject. So we should take right. what she says seriously. Yeah. You know, if it moved like a panther, it moved like a panther. Yeah, you know? cheetah, cheetahs, what I work. Yeah, and but and I actually phoned up and I said, look, I told the police about it, but you know the man who does who lives two miles down the road who does my car tires, he doesn't. Uh, his father sold one up in the Sperrins, black cap in the Sperrins. Um Ideal habitat. Yeah, I, everywhere I go, if I go walking and I see people, I ask them, "Have you seen or heard?" Yeah, I had one about one of those about two years ago. My, you know, my neighbours. Yes. So they saw, you know, everybody's got a little story, and that's what got me into it, really, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we will, we'll, we'll touch on um, some more. Um, but I think we're going to bring the interview to an end now. Very leave good. them, leave them waiting for more. I will be back with uh, Doc Mark in about three weeks' time. I'll fit it in before Christmas, so you can have a listen. And we're going to record a number of interviews as he takes us through some of the questions that are asked to you most of us investigators and just share some of his wisdom with us all as we go forward so i would like to thank you for don't go anywhere i'm just saying good night mm, to the people it's i've been absolutely wonderful i really enjoyed that <laughs> so have i very much yeah so we will be back in about three weeks time if you've got any questions for dr matt pop them into the comment section below or just email me and i will pop them over to him and I'm going to add the link to his YouTube channel and some of his videos in the description below. So if you want to pop across and have a look at them, and you can always ask him questions there on his own channel. So I'll do that for him now. So we will be back in about three weeks' time. Good night, everyone. Good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.